0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 37 of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasig. I'm one of the co-founders here at OTM, and whew, it's been a busy 48 hours here in the Top Shot world and the crypto world in general. And as always, here to break it down with me, we've got Justin Herzig. Justin, lot going on, my friend.
1: And we've got the playoffs starting, some playing games. We're All an hour stuff. and a half away from LeBron versus Steph. Oof. That uh that intro music got me bumping, but it's gonna go all the way through late night tonight with that game. on um, pumped.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a great night. Definitely be watching that one tonight. Chat, welcome to the chat. Fire it up as producer coop says. Some big chat energy tonight. Love that from producer coop. So if you are enjoying the show, go ahead, hammer that like button, people might as well get it out of the way early and then we can move on with the show. But all right, Justin, let's just jump right into things here. So I mean I wake up in the morning to the crypto world coming to an end as we saw prices across the board not looking so hot, and that's what started today. And then I feel like we've just got a ton of different Top Shot topics to cover here. We've got CC moments of 40 k plus now. We've got a Steph Curry cool cat that's just been announced. We've got you know, talk about how Series 2 is going to end with the NBA Finals. Man, where, where, do, where do we begin
1: Just so much. Um, and like, I think we were talking like Monday was pretty kind of low key and stuff, not too exciting. And then Tuesday, um, wasn't even, you know, just, just kind of out of nowhere, their NBA top shot updates account just started throwing out some new information as just matter of fact. And then today as well, we get the big announcement that step. Uh, and yeah, I think, uh, the place to start though, is probably what we've seen with the crypto space today. Um, because I think this is the uh, biggest, um, whatever you want to call it, bounce back, uh, kind of worst day, um, maybe since 2013, maybe there was one in 2018, but uh, this was, it was really bad and there's really not a great explanation and not that there always needs to be a great explanation. We kind of had seen uh, you know, the, the, the Elon factor um, over the past couple days. Um, but then it really felt like today was just kind of a compound of a couple events, uh, that led to, uh, just kind of a, a combination of some individual aspects to it. But then also apparently there was some institutional money that once it hit 40 K, uh, those just basically got triggered and then it just kind of downward spiraled a bit from there.
0: Yeah. I woke up in the morning, checked my phone and I was like, "Oh, it's going to be a fun day on Twitter. I can tell you that much. And yeah, it's going to it's going to be interesting I think for me personally um, I've been debating on loading up my crypto portfolio a little bit more so I think it's probably a good time to start averaging in on that but I don't know I don't try to predict the future too much I think it's going to continue to be volatile I would think for the next couple of days but and what what do you think that this impact is on the NFT market, if anything, I know we put out a tweet earlier. One of my thoughts was like, OK, top shot aside, you go to things at OpenSea that are listed in ETH. And all of a sudden, the dollar value of ETH goes down significantly if people aren't changing the the bid prices on those Ethereum there. Like, what is the impact there? How do you think about that?
1: Yeah. So I think short term, anything that is being priced in ETH, um, I mean, those floors have now been dropped significantly. Um, You know, you were maybe if you're thinking about buying something, you see there's a 10% discount, it gets more attractive. Here, we're seeing anywhere 30 40% discount uh, for those in. And a lot of people, you know, just if you're not really on top of it, if you're not paying attention immediately, have a large enough portfolio, and you can't manage it all like we did see those were getting scooped today. And uh, that's what kind of put that tweet out this morning saying like, hey, this might be one of the best times to be purchasing NFTs. Um, because a combination of what you just said, where A, you've got prices where, um, you know, it may not have been as attractive when it was as high as it was, but now you've got then, some significant sales. Uh, and when we're making purchases of digital assets, of NFTs, nothing that has happened in crypto has changed the fundamentals of those NFTs. You know, you're building, you know, you're making purchases of those NFTs based off community, based off hopefully long-term aspects based off the actual artist or the artwork or the collector, you know, a component of what we are in Top Shot or Zed or wherever it is, uh, our assets haven't changed just because there's now been some crypto differences. Uh, So that's why, you know, if you're still bullish on the fundamentals, nothing really should have altered that. And so now you're just getting kind of a discount. I think for people who do have a strong amount of their money in crypto, like, okay, for that individual person, things may have changed because now you need to consider, okay, like how risky are you willing to be in your investments when you maybe just took a strong hit? And that obviously makes sense. in an individual basis, people need to account for that. Uh, but for a lot of other people who, you know, especially top shop people don't have their money in, you know, or at least like they're spending money in their crypto accounts and such. And so if you, you know, are still bullish, and this was an opportunity you wanted to go get, you know, that, um, the, the board ape, or you know, maybe you had a more and you wanted to even explore crypto punks, maybe in a group or something, or different art and stuff. Uh, this right now is still one of the best times, I think, um, for people who, uh, you know, to take that step into new NFTs.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. And I think it's just a good reminder overall, just the same way that the, the top shot downfall has been a good reminder overall of things can seem like. They're going to go good forever, and you just never know. That's the fact. I mean, I know that crypto has just gone up, 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 and I think it's it's a good you know level set and makes you realize, got to set expectations with yourselves that things cannot just continue to go up at that rate forever, and I think this correction was bound to happen. It's crazy that it happened all at once so quickly, but I uh, agree with that take on how it impacts the NFT market.
1: Yeah, and I, I think Malik Sealy here gave you know, a nice kind of combination. I think this is, this is some of it. There's more too, But like, yeah, so you have the Elon fund. You have the China. We can kind of talk on that real quick. Um, what happened is that China apparently made an announcement that reaffirmed things they've already had, which is equivalent to or in a very similar vein to what the United States had with Black Friday for poker, uh, where they can't actually ban like the user from playing poker. And make that illegal. They didn't do that. Instead, they said, okay, we're going to attack the avenue for which you would do this, which is anyone who, you know, any banks are not allowed to work with poker companies. Uh, any payment processors are not allowed to accept their payments. And that's similar to what China has had. And I believe they've had this for the last kind of, I don't know, uh, at least three to five years. Um, and so today, apparently, or last night today, they made an announcement just reaffirming that. Um, but to be fair, like not many people, you know, a lot of Main major news outlets outlets don't have uh, a Chinese a correspondent for China or for all these announcements. So it ends up happening that a few different ones kind of pick it up, and they pick that up, and it ran mainstream that China announced the new ban. And uh, obviously, I don't speak Chinese. I'm not. I'm still kind of going from secondary sources and what I was able to read. But from what it sounds like is. The ban hasn't changed from what it already was. It was just a reaffirmation of it. But now that's one component that obviously led to this fud. So you take what Elon's already been tweeting for the past week. You take this China stuff. Malik even mentioned the tax day aspect of yeah, it's four days past tax day, and a lot of people who, you know, maybe weren't as uh, conservative with holding their earnings. You know, if they made sales and stuff and they owe taxes, and they're like, oh, I'll just keep it in crypto and sell out if crypto starts going down these are money that's money that people may really need to be able to pay their taxes so now they're selling so you add on those and as i mentioned before there were a lot of institutional money that looked like at 40,000 they put a kind of sell order in from even this might have been days weeks ago but if it ever got there so once it hit that 40k it then just continued to drop its spiral so it's really this just combination of a variety of events that led to um, you know th- this timing and and as you said We've seen ridiculous growth and, you know, just upward movement over the past six months. So you throw all that together and then a market correction was likely, you know, upcoming. Uh, It's unfortunate, but it it, it makes sense why these kind of continues one after another add together.
0: It was really the perfect storm of events and was to some extent bound to happen. I just, hopefully there aren't too many people that were just getting into crypto and just heard about it and, you know, similar to TopShot ended up buying in at the top and now have a, a poor taste in their mouth as a result of that. But I'm sure that there are people out there. I mean, things were just getting out of control and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of days. All right. So then we woke up to that and then we had more top shot news going on today and also some, some news that came in yesterday. So I'm just going to quickly summarize the, the things that I've seen and then you can let me know if I missed anything or you want to touch on anything deeper. So we had, News on base set moments. So some of the CCs have begun to increase from the 35K to 40K plus, and we expect that number to continue to grow. Meanwhile, other 35Ks are now set to 35 LE. So we're not going to go through the list of all of those, but
1: but let me a bunch of that, yeah. yeah, let me at least react to that, because I think the big thing here is that them moving it from 35K to 40K shows that they did want to make some movement, but it wasn't all the way to that 50 uh, if they expected that these S2s were going to get 250, I think then we would have seen that initial movement here. Um, I think it's all someone that was saying, uh, maybe it was from um, the, you know their, uh, their version of office hours that they have uh, that it might even be up to 45 or something, um, but then the official announcement definitely said what they're going with 40. Uh, I think we can be fairly confident that these aren't going to get all the way up to 50 or such, especially when you tie in as well that what you're going to be talking about where series two is going to come to an end at the end of this year's playoffs. Um, So, and we no longer with the packs that are, you know, the new um, pre-registration packs are not going to everyone. So we're not expecting to have, you know, the six, you know, 600,000 moments for every new week, every new pack. Uh, So I think this, you know, for people who are trying to kind of scoop some of these, I wouldn't be too concerned that that 40 K is going to continue to rise. Uh, and now it's I think it's also a little interesting because for players that have two of these um you know moments that are the thirty five k and the forty k, it does add a little differentiation if you're collecting uh, beyond just the actual you know play in the moment itself.
0: yep, and the big thing that you talked about there is that we had today it was the deadline for release thirty six for the reservation packs. and then release thirty seven came out for a reservation pack, but it was only for new collectors. So if you had already bought any pack, you were not eligible for this one. So I definitely like that. I think that's a great way to get new collectors involved. It's also a great way, as we said, to not continue to absolutely flood the market, giving out these new packs to 100,000, 200,000 people like they've been doing. So I, I like the the movement there. And so I think we've seen a lot of feedback on Twitter about people being unhappy with how many packs are coming out. And so clearly there. At least listening somewhat and coming up with a, a little bit of a middle ground where they're still getting their new customers engaged, but they're not just overloading the supply.
1: Yeah, no, I think that makes sense.
0: And then we have the Steph Steph Curry Cool Cat. So a new Steph Curry that is just quote unquote free, and it will be gifted to people that did one of two things. So either completed any challenge, any ch- it doesn't didn't have to be one of the cool cats challenges, right? Any of the challenges and have two cool cats, or to the 3,000 people that have the most cool cat moments. So really, I think trying to to reward collectors that have been actually actively participating in some of the challenges, and particularly in the cool cat challenge, and Steph Curry, man, that's 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 one of the best ones that you could get there. So I think that that's a pretty cool move for people like us that have lots of cool cats, and that hasn't been going great lately, but that's a little, a little bit of a boost in the right direction. I'm, I'm sure that that stuff's going to be a pretty valuable one how many people are we thinking we said yeah how, how many people are we thinking did we well, get to that we maybe? saw
1: we saw that 17,784 are going to be minted um the question then becomes okay well how many of those are going to go into people's hands kind of immediately uh, my guess is that they you know they're like hey we like this idea of minting you know the 1774 number uh and then from there let's figure out how we can kind of construct the rules so that we're giving out maybe. It was that 15, 16,000 people qualify. Maybe they still have a couple left over for promo, for customer service, whatever it is. Um, But overall, I think, yeah, we'll see majority of those are going to go to into the market um, and just count it as, you know, an LE 17, um, 1774. Um, And from a kind of price target there, I think during the challenge, that'll probably end up hovering around maybe like $65 or so. Uh, and then post that Luka challenge, it'll probably drop a little down to around 45.
0: Makes sense. <sighs> I think that was it for the, the big news. I had I two other, you know, the showcase quest ended today. And another thing that we saw was Roham in a tweet from Dapper implying that collector score will eventually incentivize marketplace activity to some extent. So we were pretty happy to see that. Something that we've talked about on this show. The idea of with collector score, not just being able to, you know, early on you bought a bunch of moments and now you have a massive collector score forever It instead incentivizes active activity, actually buying in the marketplace, not just only collecting packs. So again, just, just continuing to see, I think, good bits and pieces of information. I know that everyone wants it all and they want it all now, but can definitely see things trending in the right direction in terms of some of the, the decisions that are being made.
1: Yeah. And we'll see how dynamic the collector score is. Um, I don't believe that, you know, we haven't, we haven't ideally heard yet that it's going to be like only the past six months or some kind of time box. Uh, We do just know that the current structure is a bit fluid and it's going, your collector score will evolve as they change the rules to kind of get, you know, get it right. Um, One of the things he mentioned that kind of alluded to in his tweet is that they want to incentivize marketplace activity. They believe that you know to be able to qualify for these future um, rare legendary pack drops, it's going to obviously come down to collector score, and they want to make sure that they are incentivizing that marketplace purchases. Uh, and so that's kind of that right step, that step in the right direction, which I think is really good. Uh, and then as for showcase quests, um, have not heard a number for how many completed it yet. I think this may take some time, and we'll see how lenient they actually are. Um, the two, the two complications maybe will be that one is how many people actually put like the hashtag quest in the title, uh, and the second is how many people um, you know incorrectly chose a player. Where um, trying to think, maybe people were talking. It was Bulba was an example um, who is a center in one moment, and then a power forward in another. And if you use the power forward one. Uh, are you going to, you know, will they kind of uh, say, hey, we'll give you that one. Um, according to, you know, our friend Moment Nerd, uh, I think he did a poll yesterday and saw that around 9,600 had qualified. Um, I think, but that is by 100% by the book. I think more likely if they end up being more lenient, we'll probably see something around like that, 14,000, 15,000. Uh, and I think earlier today, you know, we put out that I think as a guess it was going to be around 12,000. So I think that's a fair range between like twelve and fifteen.
0: Bill. All righty. Should we talk some basketball, Justin? Should we talk some, some regular season awards? Let's, let's give that a look here. So I'm going to go ahead and share this view where we're going to walk through, you know, the, the four primary rewards here. We can also touch on the sixth man a bit, but uh, we've got, I mean, at this point, you know, it, 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 there's pretty pretty massive, massive favorites here. We also got the honor- honorable mentions listed below. But for the MVP, you've got Nikola Jokic coming in at minus 10,000. You've got LaMelo Ball as the Rookie of the Year favorite at minus 2,500. Rudy Gobert for defensive player at minus 10,000. And Julius Randle, most improved, minus 10,000. We also have put up here the lowest ask for each of those, if anyone is interested. So I think what, what we're trying to decide here, Justin, is that While yes, it's pretty clear who is going to win each of these awards, is that already baked into their prices? Do we think that we're going to see some movement after these awards are announced? Are we going to see that it just doesn't even matter? What do you think? Obviously, you are betting that it's going to have an impact on at least one of these guys, but across the board, what are your thoughts on these awards and what are your thoughts on how
1: they may or may not impact the top shot market? I think it will only really have, a, have an impact if they end up getting badges for winning the rewards. Um, because I think, and even then it comes down to, it depends on the moment. So for example, let's use Rudy Gobert. Um, he's at $4 right now for his slash 40,000. Uh, he's already won, I think two out of the last three years, he won defensive player of the year. I'll have to look that up, but that sounds about right. Um, Getting another defensive player of the year, like that's fantastic. Like Howard had two. Now if Gobert was ha- is likely going to have three. If you add a badge to that moment, maybe it adds, but like do people actually care about defensive player of the year? I'm not quite sure. Uh, and unfortunately, I think most improved and six-man award probably don't have that much of a you know uh, collector value as well. Uh, I think it might get a tiny bump or something, and maybe it'll be just a short-lived bump. Um but I'm also not as positive that Top Shot would really create a badge for those awards. Uh, MVP and Rookie of the Year, I think, are the outliers. Um, are the, I think they're the two that actually really matter. Uh, and so for you know Jokic, this is where uh, yeah you know I think it was Monday when I was making that you know just big stack is hey, I've been waiting on this for a while and I kind of want to just find the right time for it. And I knew I was eventually going to do it. Is I believe that they're going to come out with the MVP badge. They've already had badges for other things. We know that the badge is just a UI aspect, so it doesn't actually have to come when the moment is minted. Uh, they can still put it on the moment in, you know, in retrospective, uh, and we've seen that already. So from a technical standpoint, it's feasible. From a desirability standpoint, Roham had mentioned in the past that they were definitely either Roham or his team mentioned in the past that they were definitely open to it. They were, you know, exploring it uh they didn't get shut down that gives me additional hope and at the end of the day why would they not this is just another great way to reward someone who had a great season and I think after they saw what happened to the Giannis situation the entire set for Giannis and how it tanked this market I think they might even want to kind of go the other way and say hey we want to reward the players you know that had the great year for people who had their moments and had that foresight and uh so I'd love to see that and then so to get into the actual moments Jokic has a slash 35K. Now he has the slash 40K. The prices are pretty similar. I think it's 7 and 11 is what I was looking at previously. Um, I don't think there's much there. I think there, that sounds about right, uh, except that they're both probably low. So I think there's still value in both the 7 and the 11. And I bought a couple of the 11s today, not nearly as much as the 130 on Monday, but uh, I got, a couple. So this, then, was
0: this the one that you were buying earlier, was, but now it's 40? It was 35 at the time. Correct. The
1: yeah, exactly. Um, and it, what's interesting is its circulation um, is not that high. It might be around 20%. There's still going to be a bunch more that come to the market. Uh, but I think that, you know, it was at a point where the price is still cheap enough. Um, I don't think that, you know, it's going to go significantly down and we're at a time period where they may announce the, uh, you know, as these awards start coming into play with the MVP and such. Um, they I wanted to make sure I was ahead of the game on that. So even if as more moments kind of come out, um, if it does drop down to, you know, at, stays at $6, $7, whatever it is, uh, I think that's still a uh, going to be a substantial value from when the badge is on it long-term.
0: Yeah, so it looks like 31% in circulation for the 40K Jokic.
1: Yeah. Can we go to uh, Lamelo? It. Yeah. And, and, and 9% are in a pack. So it actually is then 40% are out there. Um, yeah. yeah. So. All right, so let's go to Lamello because um, I think this is an interesting test case here. For his, so the moments that he has available right now are the Rising Stars, base set to lay up out of 40,000, and the, you know, the Triple Badger out of 4,000. Going forward, I believe we're also going to have a legendary hollow icon of him, an MGLE of him. And maybe if they do that other legendary set of the rookies. And the Cool Cat Master. And the Cool Cat Master. And the Cool Cat Master is going to be out of around 3,000 or something. So you're looking at a Legendary out of 99, an MGLE out of 499, three rares. Uh, I guess LaMelo is not actually a rare, so two rare. Cool Cat won't be a rare either. A 2,000, a 3,000, and a 4,000 circulation, and then the 40. I don't think they're going to come out with another base set slash 40K or whatever for Lamello, And I think I was extremely excited to see that news. Uh, and I was actually probably should have done some of my packing in my bags before the show. And maybe I'll do them later tonight. Um, but I was looking at this and just thinking, like, there's going to be so many of his that are the more harder to get. But his cheapest moment, I think, is going to continue to be that lamello, is that lamello slash 40,000. Um, and if they don't come out with another one, that will forever be his cheapest entry point for his rookie of the year rookie moment. And $44 is likely too cheap for that. And so as soon as we finish this show, I will uh, likely go and be packing my bags uh, for that. Don't lie to
0: me. As soon as I start talking, you're going to be multitasking over there. If, you, if, if I ask you a question and you don't have a quick answer now, I'm going to know that you're not paying attention. Well, no, that's a good point because like because it's not like there's going to be, oh, there's one that's 44 and one that's 150 or even 200. Like it's 44 to 900 plus because I think any of these new ones that are come out, are going to be likely just as expensive as these. I mean, at least a couple hundred. So yeah, that's an interesting point. And then there will never be any of those lamellos. So it will forever
1: be by far the cheapest. All right, I'm sold. I like that. All right, so whoever's (laughs) competing against me for this $17,000 that I'm just trying to buy, I appreciate it, (laughs) and I probably just need to start going for $45. (laughs) Uh,
0: Any other comments on the awards in general? Um... And then for the sixth man of the year, I I did not make a slide on this, but pulling up Vegas insider, this is actually the closest one. That's not like 100% set in stone based on the odds. At least Jordan Clarkson, the favorite at minus 500. And then Joe Ingalls is at 250, So reasonably close there. But uh, like you said, I don't imagine a sixth man of the war doing a ton for their top shot prices.
1: Or are they going to give that a badge? I don't know. Um, what, what do you think the order of likelihood of getting badges is for those um, five awards?
0: I'd say for sure MVP first. I think kind of in, its, in a tier of its own. I think MVP is even way more likely than Rookie of the Year, I would say. I'd say Rookie of the Year second and also in a tier of its own compared to the others. And I would say that the other three are all equally not very likely. I would maybe... ah. I would maybe say sixth man is actually third most likely, but I'm not 100% sold on that.
1: What What do you think
0: of the bottom three?
1: So, I mean, I think, I think MVP and rookie of the year are pretty close um, okay. because in the collector, like, they've already shown an affinity. So they're just going to dis- keep hammering badges on rookies. To just, that's what I'm thinking is they already want to distinguish rookies. and Yeah, this I feel gets- like they're already distinguished.
0: That's kind of why I'm, like, not yeah. as sold on that one, but...
1: And maybe they awesome. announce it at the same time they announce like, the cool cat, um, that, hey, the cool cat, and if LaMelo wins rookie of the year, he'll also get a rookie of their badge to give it that kind of extra boost as well. Um, I don't know. I could see it. Uh, so I think those two are a tier of their own. Uh, I would probably put defensive player of the year next just on its own. Um, just, to, you know, you want a two-way, two, uh, you know, like, two-way players. So you go for – you get the extra – Defensive. We value defense. There's probably some cool moments. Um, and then most improved six-man basically are situational. Like you weren't good enough, so therefore you were able to improve a lot. You weren't good enough to play on the top five, so you were able to be the best six-man. Like it feels a little light to me. Yeah,
0: agreed. I think all of those are pretty yeah, – I, I guess I could see defensive player, but not super
1: likely. Thanks for grabbing all the ones I'm trying to get, people. We're up to is 40 everyone buying up?
0: Before. I should have packed my bags, TJ. Should have packed your bags, man. You're too busy just preparing for the show, which <laughs> I, I very much appreciate. All uh, right. All right. So that does it for the awards there. I think that the next thing that we want to do is talk through. Hold on a second. Let's just talk playoffs in general. So we've got the the playing games going on right now. I can reiterate the slide that we were sharing on Monday. Although my screen is going dark on me for some reason.
1: There we go. I can see now. Nope, we lost it.
0: Yeah, for some reason what I'm doing, that screen it doesn't seem to work. Anyways, we've got the playoffs happening right now. We talked a little bit about it on Monday. I don't know if we have too, too much to add, but at least wanted to acknowledge that we have... Indy and Boston advancing from last night. So sorry to to your boy over there, Bradley Beal, outshined by Jason Tatum last night. And one of the things we we're talking about on Monday is what, if any, impact do we envision yeah. these but games Washington, happening on the yeah. market?
1: What the game tomorrow night, though, is going to be Indiana versus, true, uh, true. versus Washington. So still I still shot. think, yeah, I still think Beal and uh, you know Westberg are still going to take that down. And to be fair, if they win it, it's actually a better situation, easier matchup. You'd rather go against 76ers than the Nets. Um, you'd rather be in there and not have to play this extra game. But if they win it, not a bad situation. Um, and then over in the West, um, you know, we're recording at 9.04 right now. Last I saw is Memphis was taking care of business. Let's get a quick score update here.
0: 58-53 Memphis Yeah, what I'm seeing.
1: Yeah. There you go. Okay, so a little closer. San Antonio's has been in a little late push there. Um, and there's a, you know, loser goes home, winner has a chance, but yeah, without a doubt, I'm excited for tonight and I am. Yeah, without a doubt, I'm cheering for Golden State. I've just, I, I, I want that. I want kind of the mayhem. I want to see late. I also want Lakers to, if anything, get the eight seed so then we can get a Laker an LA LA matchup if the Lakers and you know, Clippers can both come out of that.
0: It would be cool to see the Lakers like have to win this one game to even compete in the playoffs like that. That would be pretty, pretty surreal to watch. And,
1: And that'd be fun. And to be fair, like, I mean, if LeBron and AD and the rest of the team, but like if they could then get to the finals and win a championship going through Utah, going through LA, going through either Phoenix, Denver, then going through the Nets, like that's an amazing championship run. And that'd be fantastic. And yeah, it's going through the, you know, go to the Suns and the Nuggets, and then Utah or LA is also a strong run, but not the same.
0: Let's talk some. Let's talk some playoff lineups here. I think I'm gonna kick it over to you in a second, but we popped this out a little fun thing yesterday that that we were putting together before this show, but uh, popped out. Hey, for all of the C- series two MGLEs. If you had twenty five hundred dollars to spend based on their Top Shop prices as of whenever we posted this, what team would you build? So Justin and I went ahead and built built two teams. So you have them over there, Justin. I can kick yeah. it over to you hear Yeah. There Steelers. we go. And we got some users teams that we called out as well.
1: Yeah. So um, put it on Twitter. Got some good responses. Um, so we'll start off with TJ and mine, and then we'll, I'll kind of go into some of my favorites that I found from uh, Twitter. So. Um. Also did a little data poll, and we pulled. Uh, so all the teams and the four most popular players on all the teams were James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, and Anthony Davis. And um, I think Harden, Giannis, and AD are not a surprise at all. They're all in a sweet spot from a financial thing, with all being around four to four to six hundred dollars. And you know their talent just outperforms. And you know, maybe this is an interesting exercise to be like, hey. Who were the players that I should actually be considering if I wanted to go buy an MGLE? Not account, you know, ignoring the challenges and the challenge rewards and stuff, and just saying they're all slash four ninety nine. Uh, and then from there, it was okay. Who can you just find as kind of a fifth man to complement if you're going with those four? Uh, and I, that's what I did. And then I threw in a Chris Middleton. You get the Giannis kind of teammate aspect. Uh, we've seen Middleton actually be able to perform at you know a high level, especially as a teammate of Giannis. Um, And so I think that's a pretty strong starting five that would uh, be able to take down any team in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I definitely like what you came up with there. looks like a 2v2 against mine. So you've got Giannis and Middleton. I've got Jimmy Butler and Julius Randle. I got to admit that your two are are better from a basketball standpoint. But, I mean, I watched playoff Jimmy firsthand with the Sixers, and I – he I locked him in, basically. I didn't even consider not putting him in. I'm sure you agree that the two sixty-nine price is, is certainly fair for him. Obviously, when you don't have to go that much more to get Giannis, it's tough to do. But I want the playoff Jenny, a little character in the locker room. And then, you know, Julius Randle, most improved. Most improved yeah. player of the season. He's on the rise. He could improve even more over the course of the of the playoffs. And, you know, maybe my team would have a little bit more chemistry. Plus, you know, what if Giannis can't shoot in the playoffs like we've seen before? It's possible.
1: Your team has heart. I'll give you that. Um, a, lot of, a lot of hustle guys there. And uh, yeah, Butler in the playoffs are fantastic. And I'm excited to see what Randall's going to do with the playoffs this year. See if he can just kick it into another gear.
0: I really wanted to put Steph into mine, but it was pretty much impossible. I mean, he's just too expensive. Yeah, like I, I, wanted sure. to, I wanted to jam him in, but you, you couldn't play. Like You couldn't do Curry, Anthony bad. Davis, like, and any, anyone else good. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess I'm not
1: playing Steph. Yeah, I mean, so here I, I looked and I think two teams ended up going with Steph. And so if you go Steph sixteen fifty, we now have eight hundred and fifty less left. So around two hundred and ten for four players. Maybe you grab one of those other value guys, like uh, I don't know, um, the Giannis will say, and now you're looking at three hundred and fifty dollars for three guys. Like you, yeah. you obviously you can go to our site and find some of the other cheaper ones, and there's a couple, but like It gets ugly. Um, I yeah. I I guess when I look at this, so we'll start off with this one in the bottom right. Only I think one person went Zion, or maybe there was only one that went Zion that I liked because I think that was the most expensive player that you could actually stomach um, was Zion at a hundred. And so when we take a look at his Zion lineup, you know it's a pretty strong lineup to go with it though because you got that Randall and Butler like you did as well. We threw in a Harden. It's not much different than you. It's a 2v2 of you with De'Aaron Fox and Zion. And, uh, you know, hey, maybe uh, James Harden's actually going to play point guard in this lineup and De'Aaron Fox can kind of, uh, I don't know. They're going to be fighting over the ball, but we'll see. So that's from the barrel zone. Um, And we'll go on the far left. We got at VLB Belong 875. Uh, I like this lineup um, because you take a look at, hey, we still have those core three of Harden, Leonard, Aquai, and Giannis. And then uh, he went a little off the board, um, wanted to get Trey, which leaves you needing uh, for a cheap guy with Clint Capello. But if you need a big man to kind of get some boards for you, uh, that's a solid group there. And then final one in the middle, Brad the Bandit. Um, So he went with the Kawhi Giannis AD. And then, hey, when you're going for triple-double, you got playoff Ross. And if Donovan Mitchell is able to lead a number one seed in the West, who knows what he would do on this team. So overall, I like it. Um, I think it was a fun exercise, and you, know, you really pull up some good teams.
0: You had to go hard and a rush. You couldn't go hard and rush together. That was one of my rules. I was like, <laughs> not putting them on the same squad again. We saw how that turned out.
1: <laughs> hey, it would be an enter- entertaining aspect. It, it would. Of it squad.
0: definitely would. I would love to watch that team. i just just uh, not sure they have the chemistry that would be needed to go on a deep run, whereas Julius Randle's just a great locker room guy, real character builder, and then Jimmy. Come on, playoff Jimmy.
1: And, uh, I mean, the shame is that there are some good players on here that just haven't had their MGLE-S2 released yet. So you couldn't pull in a Chris Paul. Obviously, there were no KD or LeBron. Um, Probably would have been too expensive for this exercise anyways. But, uh, yeah, so it was cool.
0: That's a fun fun little exercise. All right, Justin, should we get to some listener questions? So we took some questions before the show on Twitter in the Discord you have some questions and you're live in the chat right now you can throw them in the chat we'll try to pull in some of those as well and we'll just try to to work through these talk through a couple things try to pick out a, a couple different themes to go with and yeah justin uh I'll, I'll be trying to monitor the chat producer group as well we'll see if we see any good ones there that we can pull in but we'll start with some of the ones that we already got it sounds good Question number one from DK11 is, wondering your thoughts on if we'll ever see a trading marketplace where top shot collectors can trade moments instead of selling in the marketplace like the way it is with cards?
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's it's probably a bit more difficult even to be doing that with cards and, you know, not counting your just, hey, growing up in the schoolyard and trading with friends. And that was obviously one of like the most fun aspects of it. Um, but even today, like the actual act of real trading is difficult because a lot of these platforms need to have some form of monetization strategy. And usually a one-to-one trade leaves the platform without any kind of uh, you know, profit. Um, so personally, I think, uh, you know, will it happen on Top Shot? I could see it happening. And uh, maybe there's some incentive to be able to be able to do it. Um, I think there's probably a lot of risks as well with regards to the bot and stuff. And like what happens when you have someone trading a $3 moment for a $500 moment? Like, is this just a way now to skirt the uh, marketplace fees and stuff or any kind of trading? I think that's probably the most complex aspect for the platform. Uh, but what I will expect is that, and we've seen a lot of this popping up on an external play, external marketplaces. Uh, we just saw a company uh raise raise funding at a 20 million valuation trying to build um like a web la- an application layer on top of nft so allowing you to do more easel swaps and easy swaps and stuff so i would say that I think yeah we'll see it in a third party aspect um I think it'll be a little little less likely we see it anytime soon um within top marketplace but we'll see
0: yeah, I agree with that. I think it's a lot more likely when we're in a world where you can take your Topshot NFTs off of the Topshot platform, and then, like you said, have some sort of third party. I'm pretty much in agreement there. What I do hope that they at least can have in the within Topshot itself is some sort of, not necessarily trading, but at least like communication method between buyers and sellers. So, uh, yeah. a bidding system would be ideal, but you know, a way of Okay, I see a moment that I like for twelve hundred dollars, but you know, I would love to pay. I'd pay nine ninety nine for it, but not twelve hundred. Is there a way that I can communicate with this person in some way and be like, "Hey, for not so not necessarily trading, but more for buying and selling and creating more interaction that way?"
1: We're just putting a bid feature in there, and uh, I mean, I would love the idea of doing a trade and say, "Hey, you have to do a trade, but you got to burn a moment." Okay, cool. I'll go burn a moment. Now we're burning moments, which we're all fans of, and uh, maybe that's the ins. Incentive that on um, top shot gets
0: all right. Next question here from Brandon K 1017. Better long-term investment, S2 MGLEs or S1 first moments. I'm gonna go ahead. I think you're gonna be on the same page with me. I'm going with S1 first moments. Are you in that same boat, Justin?
1: Well, I mean, like I've been talking up these S2 MGLEs, and I'm sure this is where kind of Brandon's. But you've also been talking them, out um, up the top course. shot debuts. Of course. Of course. You're talking and, up uh, everything,
0: man. What are you bullish? <laughs>
1: And, uh, no, I mean, top shot. It it comes to a money issue, issue, though, um, because let's take a look real quick. I've got this I was about to say, a good way...
0: Okay, if there's a good way to do this would be like a comparison, right? Because my my gut is the Series 1 first moments, but I could be convinced otherwise or at least be good to see, like, okay, you're dealing with a Series 1 first moment of X versus an MGLE of...
1: I think they're just completely different price ranges. So Mm. let's, if you want to pull up OTM NFT and we'll do a couple of comps from... The S two MGLE. Okay, let's check it out. So let's start with Giannis. Giannis, Ooh, you can just go to the pull up Giannis and go to the compare moments tool. It'll probably be easiest. Yeah, perfect.
0: we has got moments.
1: You can just pick on Giannis. anyone.
0: Okay, I'll just pick on Giannis, and then we'll check him out. All right. This is sorted of by lowest
1: ask. Okay, that works. All right. So our Top Shot Debut S1 is looking like 36.85. Um, can you go scroll over 44% real quick? All right. Held by Top Shot 56%. So you still have a decent amount that have been held. So this is a little inflated. Um, but even if you think like, okay, in this situation, maybe it eventually goes down to three or something. I don't know. But we're comparing $3,600 to S2 MGLE, which is $475. When I was looking, maybe it's even probably dropped down even a little right now. $465. Oh, yeah. um, one's a slash $499, one's a slash 1000 I think I'd rather have the metallic gold S2 for $465 than be paying $3,500 for the Series 1 top shot debut for Giannis. Now, maybe when that circulation goes, you know, more closer to that 90 or 100%, that drops down to like 1500 and then I'd probably rather have the S1. But if you're talking a, you know, 678x multiple, something around um, you know, almost almost even 9x multiple, uh I think I'd rather have the MGLES2 in that situation.
0: Yeah, the definitely massive Price increases. I, I guess the question for me would be like, would you rather a Giannis MGLE S two for four sixty five versus some sort of comparable Ooh, let's first to, moment look for four sixty five? So let me Bradley kind of Beal pull pull that up right here. Yeah, like I think actually Bradley Beal is probably a good comparison there, right?
1: Bradley Beal four sixty five two fifty. Yeah, you're right.
0: Okay, so so there's a good example. Would you rather have do Bradley Beal? Series one first moments or one Giannis S2 MGLE. I think I think it's a good question, basically, is the bottom line. I think they're both. I think the answer is that they're neither is bad. Like of all of the sets, of all of the options, these are two MGLE. I said on one of the podcasts I was on recently that MGLE is my favorite set. Specifically, obviously, MGLE one, when you can get it, MGLE two at a, a much of a greater discount there, especially the better players. In the MGLE too, I know that some of the bottom half of the actual players that are in that is a little bit watered down. And then first moment. So I think focusing efforts on both of those is good. But like, yeah.
1: It's a, it's but it's a also question. out of 3,000. It's Bradley Beal. It's it's a lesser player. But, you know, but It's out of 3,000. And this is one that I thought, You know, we're using an example that I thought was one of the best values in the, on as the Series 1 top shot debuts. Um, so even that, I think it's a little unfair. But in general... I think that the MGLES are just such a discount as well because of what we've seen happen. The people who are getting the MGLES in packs, while the Series Ones have held up just a little more because the composition of owners of the S Ones are far more of the early adopters in the early days. Um, and so, long term, like yeah, I'm still you know most bol- extremely bullish on the S One debuts. But I think from a value aspect, the great elite players um, of the S Two MGLE. It's pretty strong. Like, let's do one more. Let's do Luca. Yep. Let's do Luca.
0: So it's basically just betting on players over the badges, right? Like taking the better basketball and, player and circulation count. Career.
1: and set. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, like Luca here, his MGLE isn't even a slash four nine nine nine. It's the slash three twenty nine, and so we're at fifteen hundred. If you want his series one debut base, it's twenty six hundred. Okay, so four times as much circulation, twenty six hundred. That's tough. Now there, I think I'd rather have the Luca base at series one dunk. But like now there, we're talking a price difference of what, 40% more, not the 800% more that we saw in that previous one with Giannis.
0: Like it makes sense. Okay. So this, we talked about this for a second earlier. So, So the question was here is around what is the impact of China's recent announcement regarding cryptocurrency? Does this eliminate the China growth scenario as a possible outcome? So the first answer to that is that, as we mentioned earlier, the this was not actually a new thing with regards to China and them, quote unquote, banning cryptocurrency. It, it has been a thing. It was just kind of re-reported. It almost, it almost reminded me of when the Top Shot team the one time reposted that badge article that had already been posted, like, two weeks before and people went nuts. <laughs> it's, it's kind of just like people see news for the first time and it's news to them and they react to it accordingly. I also saw someone in the chat say that crypto has continued to dip and I looked and it has. So craziness still going on there. But uh, what are your thoughts on, I guess, the you know, one of the things that's been talked about is uh, China loves NBA. Once China gets into the top shot, it's going to be a massive growth what do we think the chances are of that actually ever happening? Or do we think that China is going to be mostly locked out here to the best of our ability?
1: Obviously we, that, that decision's way out of our yeah, hands. I don't, I don't know. Um, what happened today with China and the announcement for cryptocurrency, I don't think has any application to the top shot component. Um, especially because like the you know onboard ramp for many people with top shot is through credit cards and other means and such. Uh, I think maybe this just gives us a little more uh, perspective on, hey, maybe we shouldn't think of the China as a guarantee because things that we should have considered from before. is that just it's a very, very difficult market to break into for non-Chinese companies. Um, and, you know, that's just the way that government kind of runs. Uh, but they're also like heavily already invested with the NBA and you do have the NBA partnership. And uh, because we know that the NBA with the way that they speak about events that happen in China, uh, the way that they continue to market and you know build up that Chinese, uh, you know, community of NBA fans because you have that NBA entry point. It makes sense that the NBA would eventually want to bring this to China as well. Um, what that ends up looking like, who knows. Um, But I I, I still think that the China thing is, you know, it's going to happen. It's bullish. Um, And then, yeah. yeah.
0: Next question here. Why do some challenges see a price drop shortly after the challenge is announced? Shouldn't it be the opposite from their yes family, 2021, the Reyes family, the Reyes. I was about to say, I'm definitely, it's a tough one to read. The Reyes family. Their yes family. 2021. Yeah, it's like there, yes, fam. The Reyes fam, 2021. Shout out to the Reyes fam.
1: Hi. uh, So let's pull up the MGLE for 28 and 29 because I think this might be what the Reyes fam was kind of referencing um, for what we were saying. And I think you know when we started this show uh, back in kind of January, February, one of the things that we were you know big proponents of is Hey, when you, uh, you know, when you have moments that are part of a challenge during that challenge is the best time to sell because that's when the demand is up and people are trying to buy those moments to complete challenges, et cetera. Um, what I think has happened more recently though, is that this whole zigzag aspect. Um, I think people have wisened up to the idea that, you know, during challenges is when I should be selling. So people just you know, in when they get one of these MGLEs in a pack, or maybe they thought they got a value or something early on and they've been waiting to sell it. They're like, I'm going to wait until that challenge is announced. And as soon as it's announced, I'm going to put it up for sale. And uh, so that's what happens. And when you have a bunch of people now adding circulation and to the listings, it turns into an undercutting situation. And so... You have the MGLE 28 here, and there's an argument that, well, the MGLE 28 went down because people were holding those moments and they were hoping that it was going to be for the Joel Embiid. And yep, that's okay. That's fair. But you still see this strong decline all the way to the point where then there's that kind of correction because the undercutting eventually people buy out. Um, if we go to MGLE 29, which we have as the upcoming, and hasn't even officially been announced yet. But most people who were, you know, a lot of people really were able to pick up on it pretty quickly that, hey, um these are the moments that are needed for MGLE 29. We put a tweet out about it. I believe so did the first mint. Um, and what you see is that, you know, hey, those moments, if these were this area over here to the right was all green going up to that. by anywhere between 20 and 40 percent, these moments were skyrocketing. Um, and as soon as it was announced, people started listing and then the undercutting began. And that's where we just saw that, yes, the challenge was announced and you would think intuitively that, oh, The prices actually should go up as people want to complete it. But in reality, it's just there's more people that have been waiting. And you only need a couple to start that undercutting. And if I'm a buyer, I've been also, the other thing I've been preaching is challenges is during this bear market, wait until the very end of the challenge to decide whether or not it's worth the complete. Because A, rarely are the prices actually going up at the end of the challenge because overall bear market, maybe the final day we see a little upward move, but in general, it's a slow progression down. Uh, and the other aspect is the more information we have, the better. No one's forcing you to complete a challenge. If you really love that moment, you can obviously get it later where in the marketplace. Um, so let's take advantage of our time and say, okay, let me figure out how many completions are there actually going to be near the end? What is my cost to complete? You can either see that when we put out a challenge analysis or you can build out your own and that time information is important. So the more people are waiting to complete these challenges, combined with the people who are trying to sell as early on less buyers, that's just going to lead to these prices drop. So what does that mean for us? Do we zag you know, zig when others are zagging now? Maybe we should actually be trying to sell them ahead of time. Uh, maybe you should pick a random time. And thing is, yes, there's a little less demand, but there's also less people trying to sell theirs. And so that's when I've kind of got to the point of like saying, hey, you know, if you got one of those throwdown moments, maybe you don't actually wait until it's in the challenge, but you kind of sell it ahead of time. Um, and just hope that, you know, you're able to kind of get a buyer before other people are trying to undercut you.
0: Makes sense. It's definitely, you know, my first reaction too was that that's surprising and is counterintuitive. But I think it also just goes to speak for the state of how people are viewing challenges right now. And they're they're not as excited about completing them as they were maybe a month, two months ago. And instead it's okay, I have these moments that are in the challenge. Now I'm just trying to get rid of them as quickly as I can. And also, it's a combination of that and people, like you said, anticipating the challenges coming, buying the moments ahead of time with the goal of flipping them as soon as the challenge begins.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: All right. So we had a couple of questions about trade-in tickets. So just kind of summarizing those up in general, giving takes on the trade-in tickets. What are our thoughts there? And so this is with regards to the fact that the distribution plan for the Series 1 moments is that you will be able to trade in any moment to receive a trading ticket when you they can, if you can then put the trading tickets up for quote-unquote sale. I guess you say that would then get you in the queue to get special packs that would have the Series 1 base moments that are still sitting out there. And so we do not know information on exactly how many trade-in tickets would be needed to do this. But uh, what, what, what are your thoughts? And I mean, we've seen... As recently as a couple of days ago, one dollar moments on the marketplace. So the first thing I'll say is that anytime you see a one dollar moment, to me, that's that's a trading ticket essentially, not not necessarily just a moment. I know they didn't last very long once they were out there. But how are you thinking about trading tickets in general, Justin?
1: Right. And the first thing that we were saying to people is, do not. You should not be going to make purchases at you know the, the current prices yep. because you believe you're trying to acquire a trade-in ticket. Um, this trade-in component was scheduled to go from about, you know, sometime in the next few months, all the way to like late 2022. Uh, So this was without a doubt, a long term plan. And one thing that we didn't truly have or have full clear line of sight into is what was, you know, Top Shot's plans from a circulation aspect. But it is quite clear that they had, you know, their plan was whether directly or indirectly, moments to go down to a dollar. And I think one thing, to counter that is well, if moments are going down to a dollar, we don't want people to just be extremely upset that they, you know, you know, get these moments and just having like a ton of these moments available for a dollar, and then people are just dissatisfied. So I think they expected that people are going to have a ton of one dollar moments. They want to continue to incentivize people to buy these nine dollar packs, um, both new collectors and long term as well. And they expect that you know, hey, they want to incentivize that long term; those dollar moments are not worthless. Even though you didn't get a player you loved, even though you're not happy with it, you can still trade that in later on for the opportunity to maybe get one of these fun packs, or you know another collector pack and kind of trade and maybe find a player that you do like. And then it's kind of like this idea of trading indirectly with a grab bag situation. Um, and so once again, you know, I think I hope people took our you, know, um, our you know our thoughts and our strategy that we were giving early on about like it's not worth kind of rushing into it now because. I have full confidence. At the end of the day, these trade ins, these trade ins, will all be worth a dollar or less than a dollar. It's probably going to be moments that you, even if you try to put it in the marketplace for a dollar, uh, they're not even going to sell, and that's why you hold on to them and you just use them as trading tickets.
0: Yeah, I would definitely not be trying to sell any moments for a dollar or two dollars. They have better value as a trade in ticket, but you know, I, I also think that. <laughs> Whenever we get, and the other thing to keep in mind is that when they announce this plan, like we said, it's a, a 12 to 18 month plan. So the plan is to distribute these by November of next year, 2022. So it's nothing immediate. Right now, I'm not really doing anything short term, one way or the other, with regards to trading tickets. I mean, I guess if there was a $2 moment out there that I'd like the player, anyways, it's just an extra reason to to go ahead and get that but I I wouldn't be running or or feeling like you should or need to be doing anything with regards to trading tickets quite yet.
1: Right. And I mean, the $2 moments that are uh, the $2 moments that are existing right now are likely going to be a little more valuable. Like if you see a $1 moment right now, that'll likely be more valuable than the slash 50 K series three or slash 50 K series four. That'll be trade-ins later on. So I see Adam Reberger. He's like, Hey, crazy to think that a $1 moment won't sell. Well, Okay agreed. It's a little crazy, but we also keep, got to keep in mind that this is also a year from now likely, you know, and so when we're in series four, they might be a slash 75 K They might be, you know, at least slash 50 K there's going to be $1 moments of bad players that nobody just wants. And so those are the ones that are likely going to be primarily the trade-ins. Um, anything you have now um, maybe you have something that cheap, but more likely it's still kind of in that 2 to $3 range. At least that's what we're seeing right now.
0: Yeah. I do. We do. We do have to address Black Cat's question slash comment from the chat here around. Can we address how after Tatum scores 50 points, and his S ones went down? So are we ready to to give up on playoffs mattering already? So let me go ahead and share here the screen of Jason Tatum's moments. So yeah, he had his S two 35k go up and his random S2 season tip off and then everything else
1: not looking great Justin in the red so what 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 do we make of this let's pull up let's pull up the uh, Coop moment just uh cuz I know he's in the background and tilting his face off because Coop picked didn't he pick the S1 debut yeah right here okay So Coop is tilting his face because last night he picks, you know, he picks Jason Tatum on Monday. He sees Jason Tatum go for 50 points last night. Um,
0: Oh, that's tough. And he goes
1: down. And goes down.
0: Just buried. uh,
1: Can you zoom in? Like, you know, maybe in the day are we able to see, like, did it at least get any jump early on or anything? I don't
0: think so. It doesn't look like it.
1: Nothing at all.
0: Casually going down.
1: (laughs) Let's try another Jason Tatum moment. Let's see. I wanna because I, I do believe that I think his eight dollar one, his uh, cheapest one yeah, actually. And the eight
0: dollar one went up, but I mean that's also so like you can go from seven to eight dollars and it looks like it's a massive percentage increase
1: when right. But I really, I thought I might have seen something went from like twenty to twenty eight. Does he have a moment that's around the twenty range? I can actually look here. All right, so let's go to that twenty four dollar. Yeah.
0: 24 dollars one here.
1: So this hey, is... is the last 24
0: hours is down.
1: Yeah. But I so I just want to see the trajectory of it. Yeah. So let's zoom in at the very end here. So this is S2 slash 15,000. Current low ask is $24. That was some bad double clicking.
0: I don't know what just happened. My computer's not liking me right now. I'm nah, freezing.
1: Okay. Um, maybe if you can yeah, see if you can pull it up. It
0: looks like it went up
1: that's what i was seeing yeah Went and right so like you down. saw that initial but right nah, there you go uh-huh. um <laughs> but yeah i mean so i think it's one of those things where a um does tatum putting up 50 points in a playoff game change the way that we think about tatum as like a long-term card collector i don't know i don't think so i don't think so for a play-in game Yes, he got a little more attention, but I think this is an example of what we said for the playoffs where, like, there's going to be some, you know, maybe short-term spikes, but, like, we always, you know, we see that correction. Um, Now, I think if we see Tatum continue to, he doesn't have to put up 50 points, but if he continues to put up 30, if they win a couple series, Boston somehow may be able to make it the final. I mean, what, I think Boston so Boston will play the Nets if they upset the Nets and maybe they can make, like, a run. Um, Now, the way we think about Tatum changes, because it wasn't just one game, It's he led a team over a big, you know, the big three of the Nets, getting that upset, maybe making a run. We kind of changed the way that we think of Tatum. And now I think you could see some long-term change in his value. Um, But I just don't think it's, I think it's a fool's errand to believe that the result of one game, especially this early in the playoffs, is going to long-term change a players kind of uh, value on top shot.
0: We have one last question queued up here and I think this is a good one. I know I personally know some people that have been in the spot, but so if you're in the red with a collection of star S 2 15 K base moments, do you sell low at a loss in order to move into the fellow low S one moments? Question mark. Many of us got in at the same time and feel stuck Ian Waddock. And I'm sure that there's a lot of collectors out there that bought in during the hype phase or, you know, and may, maybe experienced a couple days or weeks of things going up, but I've seen since seen a trickle down. I think that my my first, I'll give my first take on this, Justin, and then kick it over to you. But one thing that I will say is that it's hard to do. But this whole concept of quote unquote selling at a loss should actually not really be on our radar, right? Because it's a sunk cost at that point. So what, whatever you have in your collection now, or whatever you've you know previously bought, and whatever you bought it at. Theoretically, it should not matter for what happens in the future. It's all about, okay, right now, if I have X amount that I want to invest in Top Shot, what's the best way that I want to collect with that amount of money? I know that mentally, it, it doesn't always work like that, even for myself included. I think I talked about this on one of the recap pods one time. Like It's, it's hard to buy a moment for $100 and then sell it for $60, but really... I think that that gets into people's heads too much. So that was my first comment on that. Justin, what do you think?
1: Yeah. So in theory, I definitely agree with you. Um, The maybe core, the one factor is that 5% market fee you got to take into account because you're basically paying a 5% fee to change from one to another. Uh, But I think there's actually opportunity right now if you are buying. Um, now the way that you get your financial to be able to buy is always, it's a challenge. And so if we're talking about from selling S2s, I think my main answer here is you're talking about S2 superstars. So it's not like you're getting out of bad moments. So there's still good moments. And we're talking about moving quality to quality. Um, I would say don't sell where you're at a situation where it's like, I'm just need to get out and you're maybe going lower than that. You're getting into an undercutting aspect. But uh, if you want to do this, I'd say do it as a more gradual and kind of put it around the low ask, maybe put it at low ask and try to sell or something. And then uh, the big thing is when you're buying, be particular, be specific around, look for the moments that you really see are either the cereal or the price that you're looking for, because there are a lot of people right now that are trying to get out and are undercutting and are selling. Um, but overall, there's still opportunity here. Uh, to get that value. And so I saw in our I know, Mission Control Center in the Discord today, someone was mentioning that there was a Paul Pierce run it back for low ask, and it was like number 47. And so you know, it's still $2,000. And so I mean, it's still a lot of money. You still need to be bullish, you know, on top shot in the long run and, you know, got a capital to get that. But if you were trying to reallocate to something that you felt had value and you thought those Paul Pierce was, well, you have the opportunity to get a number 47 at low ask. And so we see those elsewhere where it's, okay, if I'm going to be making those moves. Don't just force yourself out by going way low undercutting and getting into undercutting just because you feel like you got to sell to move into those others. Do it in a more gradual and make sure that when you're ready to buy, you're finding the right purchase for you, whether it's the player, the moment, the price, whatever.
0: That was all the questions that we had queued up, Justin. Anything else that you want to touch on? We are just over an hour into the show.
1: We're at an hour. I think that's fine. Um, I think I kind of want to end up on a decent note. Maybe uh, rip open a pack, and uh, maybe we'll do a maybe do a giveaway or right. something. All right, let's do it. All right, we. Um,
0: you ripping one, or what's the? Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll rip I, one.
0: I, I, I did Monday, so you gotta snag one here.
1: I like it. I'm gonna rip, and uh, we're gonna give out. I want to give a moment away, or even two moments away. But how do we do it to people that are only in chat?
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: All right, we got think of think of a creative way because I want to make sure it goes to someone in chat. Uh, I want to make sure that it's still fair and such. Um, And while you do that, I'll start sharing my screen for a new tab. We can maybe put out a tweet that's just a very simple. Tweet that it means nothing, and people just kind of. Uh, I mean, right now,
0: I'm, right now I'm being super manual. That I think might be possible. but I'm just typing in the people that I've seen in chat. There's not that many of them, so we
1: might be able to get away with it. Now they're coming out. Now you. Now they're <laughs> yeah. We got people coming out of the woodworks
0: Okay. Oh boy. Well, all right. This job seemed like it was going to be easier.
1: Poop. You got to help out. Start off. Start collecting. It's, it's fine because we can always go back in the chat and solve, yeah. um if, if necessary. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's funny. They all come out of the woodwork.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, like giveaways, huh?
1: There we go. I, I see you, Sergeant Stoge. You've won too many giveaways, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. What are we going to open today?
0: Open away.
1: All right, we're going to go with uh, the 33. We ready for this? Do you uh, what's our situation?
0: Oh, you can keep opening it. I, I, think, I think I'm think i going to be able to have okay. this under control.
1: All right, so what we'll probably do is, as I open these up, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of talk through the moments. TJ is going to keep working behind the scenes. He'll put those in kind of the wheel of names, and uh, we will uh, gift. Uh, probably. TJ's put enough work in. We'll probably gift two of these moments. Love it. All right, we're gonna go back them up open. Here, here we go. Starting with number three. Let's see, what we get series two, release thirty-three. We got a two-one-one-zero-two handles. Oh, we Ooh, got quickly. our Emmanuel quickly. Love that. That's a strong one. I That's a I good two start. More good ones. Yeah, I don't have to get that. It's a strong gift right there. That's All a great right, start. here we go. Number two. We've got, no oh, low cereal, 5974, Michael Older Golden State. Nice little layup. That's a solid cereal. All right. And here we go. Number one. Comment yeah. number 31993, Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Out of University right, of Virginia. Joey. All right. I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to keep that quickly. That's my first one of them forty. <laughs> but I will gift the Joe Harris and the Michael Mulder. All right. I think I
0: think I've got everyone. That's
1: put in the chat.
0: This is going to be people are going to have good uh good good odds here.
1: All right. I like that. All right. I'll let you. I'll let you take over. I'm going to remove my screen. I kind of, I kind of like this rather than. So, uh, yeah. Rather so, than so, like if you, so if you're in the chat loading. and you
0: don't see your name on here, type in right now and I'll add you. So if I'm missing you, let me know. Ken Stock, do I have it? It'll have take Ken? a
1: minute. It'll take like a. Oh uh, yeah. I delay I don't think it. I have Ken through. Stock okay.
0: X. Okay. Adding Ken Stock X. Ty. I don't think I've got Ty. Now I've got Ty. Oh, here about, uh, we go. I got more.
1: What about a Mark H. I see Mark H pumping the channel telling people to give some likes. We gotta make sure he's at least in there.
0: All right, all right. We've got people.
1: Uh, you just got Jeremiah in there. Good, good.
0: SB. I also want to make sure I don't have people twice. So if anyone if you see me have anyone twice. All right. <laughs> That's a think- good chat. I'll let you know that pretty quickly. It's fine. <laughs> not if it's them they'll be like hell yeah <laughs> all right uh all right sergeant stogie you have one before but we'll, we'll we'll get you in you, you, you did enough aj uh, lee okay i think i'm cutting it off i think we've got everyone matt we have matt i think matt
1: b okay all right we can always add people for the second one yeah uh, right so first this will be for the number five nine seven four Five, nine,
0: seven, four, Michael Up, all right. Michael Mulder, here we go. Spinning the wheel.
1: All right, throw in BBLL in the next one. Yep, I threw like... him in. I threw him in at the oh, last perfect, second. Perfect. Or XRP or... Lazarus. XRP. Early in the been
0: active. Been active in the chat tonight.
1: Hey Coop. Can right. you make note of that? So oh, Coop's not there. Okay. I'm gonna have to make X- <laughs> note of this again. All right. XRP, XRP, XRP Lazarus. Lazarus. Gets the Mulder.
0: And XRP Live, if you could DM us on Twitter just so we know, can figure out your top shot name and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, that'll be helpful. Thanks, XRP. Okay. Congrats. Congrats. Now let's go with. I'm going to remove
0: XRP. Sorry that people would get mad at you if you won twice. What do we got all next, Justin?
1: We got Joe Harris. I remember watching him back in his UVA days, at little ACC. Got some Mets action. <laughs> first
0: time I ever got lucky in my life. <laughs> xrp says <laughs> I
1: apologize, that that is the first time and it was for a four dollar <laughs> Michael Mulder. But uh hey, better better late than never. All right, no, that's a solid cereal. That goes up. That's one. That. Okay, Joe Harris. We got three one nine nine three. Joe Harris. All right.
0: I saw a worm, Kelly and Chad. I do not think we're in. So I just added them too since I contributed.
1: So, so here we go, Joe Harris. I've, also the had the, I've had the music going on in my speakers, but not anyone else's, so I've just been bumping this entire time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it. Love it. Feeling good tonight. All right. Here we go. We are spinning. And we've Ooh, got... Oh. Strictly, Strictly Sports.
1: Sports. Nice. Another active uh, in the chat all night. So, uh, I like your Congrats, quick typing. Strictly Sports. It's not necessary to have won the, to won the wheel. We are good.
0: Yes, XRP. If you could DM own the moment on Twitter, that'd be great, just so that we can figure out your top shot name and make sure that we get you over
1: your moments. Now, granted, this will take uh, a week for the gifting rules yeah. and stuff. So uh, definitely send us that first DM. We will try to keep track and remember. Um, but do you know if it's a week and we have not sent it, do not hesitate to just reach out. We probably just forgot. We want to make sure we do get it to you.
0: Okay. Awesome. I like that. I like that. It's got to reward the people that are in the chat, people that are being active. Congrats to the winners.
1: Congrats. Indeed.
0: All right, Justin, any final words before we go watch the Lakers warriors?
1: I think we have an announcement for next week. Oh my goodness. We
0: do. I almost forgot. We have a big guest coming our way on Monday. We are going to have on the original World Series of Poker champion, Mr. Chris Moneymaker, is going to be joining us on the show on Monday. Anyone that's a poker fan out there, you got to know who Chris Moneymaker is. Big into Zed, big into the NFT world. We've been DMing back and forth with him. Seems like the guy's got a lot going on, and I'm I'm super excited to have him as a guest. I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome show. I mean, the guy's like, yeah, yeah, someone says it here, like hit <laughs> Legit legend. I mean, it, it was like it's kind of surreal that we're gonna be having him on the show Monday because it's gonna be friggin' awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, and like he's been in the top shot. He uh, legitimately was doing a bunch of the legendary hollow challenges, and uh, yeah, I love that. Like he legitimately was termed the money maker effect, where he's the one who took the thirty eight dollar Poker Stars entry all the way to the World Series, showed that anybody you know isn't. I think it was an accountant in his previous life um won that at the same time that like started the big poker boom um so absolutely love it yeah it's uh it's gonna be a fun show and uh he is he is a character he is Oops, definitely
0: was... this one go. the biggest bluff in poker history i mean it really like whew. do you
1: remember who we, that
0: actually that should be a yes yeah, Sammy farha yeah. that should be a question that we ask him on monday like Dude, what were you thinking during that blow? I would not have been able to keep a straight face the way he did. He had the glasses he had a, on. I remember he just... had a fantastic poker face throughout that entire tournament. I mean, he was just
1: cool as a cucumber.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be watching like MoneyMaker highlights all weekend now.
1: Just getting hyped up. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's gonna be fun. And yeah. He's uh he's been DMing stuff. We've just been talking NFTs and, and stuff. And his he, he's a carrot. He's a hoot. He's uh just living the life right now. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> It's
0: going to be it's going to be a fun show. So probably going to be, you know, a little bit more of a fun show on Monday with Chris on. We'll still obviously talk touch on any of the key topics, but going to really t- value Chris's time and make sure that we get as much out of him.
1: We got to to talk to ESPN and see how we can get this uh, NFTs at that bluff. Uh, bluff. <laughs>
0: yes, that would be amazing.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, oh. good
1: deal. I will mm-hmm. all right, I,
0: Strictly sports set up the Kraken said, Yeah. Shout out to the Kraken for leading the chat. Kraken was just firing <laughs> in the chat tonight.
1: So. And he says he, he bought his Jersey, uh, Jersey grant off of Chris moneymaker. So, uh, yeah, without a doubt. Oh, oh, um,
0: oh there it is. <laughs> he's,
1: he's That's been awesome. Active. Chris has been active. So, uh, we'll probably, uh, we'll probably run a giveaway or two as well. we'll make that a fun show. Um, oh, yeah. so tomorrow, um, we'll probably announce it officially. Um, to all the you know everyone else out there and uh we'll uh, we'll look forward to seeing you all monday night
0: awesome 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 and then i'll as always have my w- weekly recap podcast coming out on friday and then i don't know who we have in the discord yet sunday but we'll probably you know maybe we'll do something in discord sunday ask me anything We'll we'll keep you guys posted
1: on that all righty shall we call it justin we will, and uh, I'm not going to say the person. I'm not even going to give a hint. But I'm excited for the next couple of weeks because not only do we have Chris MoneyMaker, but the week after that, we might have. We've got someone who's probably more famous than him, more uh, more well known. Definitely, I've seen him on TV more often than Chris. But that's all we're saying.
0: It's always. I would say that is correct as well. We, we got good man. stuff coming out. I agree with Corey. Shout out producer Coop. Always the case.
1: All right. All right. All right getting out Coop of here. Even, Coop wasn't even here for the giveaways. I had to keep track myself. Leaves and takes <laughs> care of the little one. Gosh, come on. Man. All, right.
0: Um, all right, guys. On behalf of Justin, on behalf of Producer Coop Behind the Scenes, I am TJ Lacey, and we will see you guys next time.